The Vision app is the best place to find a growing range of Aussie-made on-demand videos to help you look to God daily. Be challenged by a series of apologetic interviews produced by Creation Ministries International and inspired by Helping Hands, which showcases people and organisations who make the world a better place. There are new videos being added every week in the free Vision Christian Media app. Just tap the Watch tab to see the growing selection. If you don't already have the app on your smartphone or tablet, download it now from vision.org.au slash app. Vision.org.au slash app. Vision. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Warwick, great to be talking to you again. And when we talk dads, when we get to Father's Day, always love your insights into things that are going on in the hearts and minds of dads. You've got your finger on the pulse of, and especially as we look at Australian dads. And, uh, of course, Dads for Kids has been running for some time now, the Fatherhood Foundation. It's a part of the landscape on the horizon there for parents to look towards uh, for some level of guidance. And there are people who are linking with Dads for Kids. You've got a fabulous newsletter that people can access very easily. But as we come into another Father's Day and the lead-up to it, I guess you've had uh, conversations, experiences, uh, communications with dads uh, with with regard to coming up to Father's Day. Uh, what are the sorts of things you've been talking to dads about in these in these past weeks? Well, you know, not so much a few weeks ago. One of the most amazing com- uh, conversations I think I ever had was um, about four years ago, and I was you know busy doing the work in the office here, and obviously working the deadlines. And um, this guy rang up and said, "Can you help me?" and um, you know, I thought he was a single dad. Uh, and look, as much as we like to help single dads, we don't know a lot about the family law system and the intricacies that they go through. And often I refer them to uh, lone fathers. And something inside of me just told to listen, listen to him a little bit longer. And he said, look, I need some help. And I said, well, exactly what, what help do you need? He said, look, it's like this. Uh, when I was um, a, young, a young man, I, I had a child... Both myself and my girlfriend were on heroin. We were, you know, um, pretty burned out. Uh, we were involved in, in, in criminal activity and um, we were sort of in and out of, um, you know, rehabs and jails. And uh, I realised I was a bad influence for my son. And uh, I, I basically left my girlfriend, not because I didn't love her and not because I didn't love my son, but I felt that I'd be a better influence by not being there. And I subsequently went straight. Uh, now it's uh, 20, 20 plus years down the track, 23 years down the track. I live next to a pub in this country town, but I don't drink. Um, you know, I got a job, I work hard, and I've been looking for my son. I said, oh, wow, you know, and obviously already I'm beginning to tear up, Neil, you know. And he said, um, so I said, well, what do you want help with? He said, well, I finally found him. But I don't know what to say to him. I don't know what to say to him. And, of course, by this stage, I was, uh, he was crying. I was was crying because there's not many men can even reach out for help. Uh, But there's very few that could bear their heart so openly. Uh, with a stranger on a phone and uh, just ask for that sort of help to know what to say to a son that they walked away from when they were 
a young man full of drugs and um, in danger probably of more more criminal activity and doing more time and and he was caught in this terrible situation where he felt that to love his son was to walk away from his son. And I mean, it's very perverse. It's very weird, I know, but that's some people have crazy lives, you know, Neil. And here he was now talking to me 23 years later. He was very excited, but he was also apprehensive and, and, and in great fear because he just didn't know what to say. And, of course, I said to him, you know, well, all you got to do is tell him the truth. You just say, "Look, this is what happened. This is where I was. This I was, I was, I was doing drugs with your mother, and 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 um, you know, this happened and that happened." And um, and as I told him, just to be honest and you know, just tell the truth and and not be afraid of the truth, and just say, "Look, I'm sorry," and, and, and apologize to his son. Uh, it's like the load lifted off him, and um, you know, I knew that. Uh, it was all going to work out okay. That was probably one of the most amazing phone calls I've, I've ever taken, actually. And when you went, when you oh, think of dads, uh, yeah. is this, do you think, uh, a common experience in a lot of dads? Because, you know, there are so many stories of dads that are missing. It's the absent father idea uh, that perhaps those dads that are missing are ashamed, they're racked by guilt, they don't know what to say, uh, they're really, uh, they're really children inside when it comes to how you approach this. And you say, well, who takes responsibility? Well, if there's going to be some sort of reuniting of children with their parents, sometimes the dads just haven't got it within them. Is this a common sort of a thing to to feel this little level of guilt? Do you think, Warwick? Look, Neil, it's you know every case is different, um, and unfortunately, there's many cases now with the whole family law court system, where there's this incredible bias against men, where men are literally cut out of the children's lives. Um, in spite of their good will, and I remember being invited to the ABC to do an interview of a case where a fa- where the judge actually said the father was a good father and a good mother, but because they couldn't get on, he was going to arbitrarily cut the father out of the child's life. Now that's bizarre, but that actually that is, that sort of stuff happens. So look, it's it's there's a lot of um, yeah, there's a lot of longings and there's a lot of uh, heartbreak out there in our society. Um, you know, and of course, you know, it's just this, yeah, there's just so many different levels, but there is a deep longing. I think it was captured in, by Paul Simon's song, you know, slip sliding away, the near the destination, the more you slip sliding away. And one of the verses says, I once knew a man who had a son, he wanted to tell him all the things he'd ever done. And he went to visit him. And as he saw his son sleeping by the, in his bed, he, he, uh, he came all that distance, but he turned around and, 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 and never told him, you know. And, and I think, you know, that there's a saying by Thoreau, uh, most men lead lives of quiet desperation. And, um, you know, that man that rang me that day might have, because he was so fearful of not knowing what to say, he might never have ever, he mightn't have actually met with his son because he was so afraid. So sometimes we actually have to encourage men to speak and give them permission to speak and maybe help them with some of those initial words so those words can come out. The words, I love you, I, I was wrong, please forgive me, help me. You know, they're, they're, they're powerful words that come from a father. Well, Warwick, not every man is, as you say, a good wordsmith. Not everyone has a wonderful turn of phrase. Not everyone is a great storyteller. Uh, are there ways that you can express your heart without 
using too many words. And I appreciate you saying, you know, learning those simple things. I love you. Uh, you know, I'm sorry. I mean, those sorts of things are very simple. But uh, other ways that you might be able to express yourself even uh, without words when your children already know that you're not great with words. Uh, I mean, the sorts of expressions that you might have, the hugging, the, those sorts of things, are those are those good ways to to express your heart? Well, look, I think, I mean, all of the above, you know, we have to... Um, the critical thing is for fathers to reach out to their children and affirm them and, and say, I love you and be there for them and, and um, you know, look their sons in the eye when they're young and growing up and saying, son, I believe in you, you can do it, you've got what it takes. Because when the father says it, the son will believe it. And so also the, 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 the father has to say to the daughter, you're beautiful, you're precious. Uh, not because of her sexuality which as, as a young woman grows she she develops that but she's got to know that she's precious and she's valued for who she is as a woman uh over and above the whole you know ridiculous issue of sexual appeal now sexual appeal is is, is nothing wrong with it because we you know we, that's who we are we're human beings we we we, we uh we're made that way but what happens is we've got a society that lives in this sort of sexually charged world um, and so people's value as human beings is more to do with this their sexuality and whatever whereas really we are human beings first and we should be valued and a father provides that for a daughter that affirmation that she is uh, special that she is important and of course as that father shows that to his children they gain confidence and they gain uh, you know, they, they, they gain trust and, and help, you know. Mm. Interesting direction we could be going with our conversation today and I want to invite listeners to join into our conversation because uh, you might have your own story to contribute. one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. We're sort of talking a little here. Uh, on the opposite, there's lots of dimensions we can come at this issue from uh, and we've been talking about dads relating to their children uh, and uh, talking uh, about dimensions here, we could also talk about children relating to their dads. Sometimes we think of Father's Day, Warwick, as the day that children honour their fathers, but you're sort of saying here this is an opportunity for dads on Father's Day to actually assert and affirm that fatherhood and uh, the link uh, from father to child. So using the opportunity of Father's Day to actually be... Have, take the responsibility of fatherhood. Is that some ways that uh, that you're reflecting these sorts of things? Yeah, well, I, I think Father Father's Day is a two way street, just as Mother's Day is. And you know, yes, it's about valuing fathers, and that's how it started. Um, Sonora Dodd wanted to honour her father, who was a veteran in the uh, Civil War, and uh, he looked after his the children and chopped wood and you know, change diapers because the mother passed away. So, yes, it is about honouring fathers, but obviously it's an opportunity for fathers to reach out to children and, and uh, to say those words, uh, I'm proud of you and um, I'm excited for you because of who you are and I believe in you and um, you're precious and you're beautiful. And those words coming from a father are very, very powerful words. And 
we must not forget that as fathers. And Father's Day is a great opportunity for it, for, for it to go both ways, yeah. We're taking calls 1-800-316-316 if you'd like to contribute to our conversation today. And we're getting into a conversation about storytelling dads. But let's hear from Grant in Brisbane. Hello, Grant. Welcome along. Grant, are you with us? Yes, I am. How are you, Neil? Very well, Grant. Great to hear from you. What are your thoughts on our conversation today? Just been listening to uh, Neil and uh, yourself and Warwick talk about affirmation. As as a dad, that is that is critical. I actually grew up in a broken home, and um, Dad was an alcoholic. And I don't think I ever remember Dad saying to me, "I love you. I'm proud of you." And as a as a child, you just hunger for that. And um, eventually, our home actually broke up and. The Lord got a hold of me when I was 17 and a half and I and, um, came to Christ. And God did an amazing work of, of um, changing my attitude, changing life. And I eventually married, married a beautiful Christian lady. But then we started, we were thinking about children and uh, we had our first child, which was our, our daughter, Amy. And I thought to myself, I feel so ill-equipped to be a dad. How do I... How do I undo all the all the bad that, that had started? And and um, one of the things I practiced every day was t- I told my daughter how much I loved her, how proud I was of her, and eventually I had a son, and I did the same with that. And you know, Neil and Warwick, God gives wisdom and grace um, every day. And I and um, thankfully both of our kids have come through, and they both love the Lord. But that affirmation is so important. Kids hunger for it, and especially from the father. Your thoughts, Warwick? I mean, I tell you, you you took the words just as Meatloaf said, you took the words right out of my mouth. You know, like uh, what you're saying is correct, and uh, children need to hear those words. I I heard a a politician, a lady politician, uh, she said these words to me many years ago, and it's just stuck in my mind. Um, children get their nurture from their mothers but they get their identity from their fathers and so you know we get our identity uh, from those words from our father yes we're alive because of mother and we're nurtured because of mother and we you know we live because of mother but we live as a human being to a great extent because of our father's input now, I'm not saying it's, you know, you can't just say it's, it's only just the father and it's not the mother. Of course, there's a crossover, and yes, fathers can nurture and, and so on. But uh, fathers provide an identity for our children, and that identity is formed in words. You see, God spoke. It says in the beginning that God said, let there be light, and there was light. And we know that our Father in heaven is referred to as the Father of all lights, and as a heavenly father and jesus said when you pray talk to your father as your heavenly father and so we have as fathers have that creative power to speak words into existence to speak life in existence in our families and that's why our words are so so important i I remember the the saying of a, a gentleman who said that a father's words are like a thermostat they set the temperature in the house and i think that's what you've been practicing haven't you my dear brother yeah, definitely, Warwick. Definitely, it's um, it's so important, and um, you see it. You see it with your kids sometimes when they walk in the door. They've had a hard day. Mum's given them a hug, and you come home as their dad. You sit down with them, and you just look at them, and you say, I'm proud of you, and you just see them lift. 
Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective. 2020 on Vision. Hey, we're getting ready for Father's Day this weekend. We're talking about dads. You can help direct our conversation. You can call us. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. Warwick Marsh is our guest, the founder of Dads for Kids and the Fatherhood Foundation. 1-800-316-316. Warwick, let's take another call. Sean is in Australand in Western Australia. Hello, Sean. Welcome along to 2020. Hello. Sean, what are your thoughts? Hey, I um, yeah, I've got a couple of thoughts. I just want to say, well done for this topic. Um, yeah, awesome. Um, it actually, as you both were talking, it actually reminded me of uh, my experience last year, where uh, I was working a very stressful job, um, and yeah, some of my boys started showing behavioural problems at school and whatnot. And it was interesting because I thought I was providing for them. Um, by working the long hours and, you know, putting in the effort, um, so providing financially, yet uh, emotionally and spiritually they weren't being provided for. So, you know, obviously that was affecting them at school as well. So I've currently, you know, switched jobs and, yeah, it's been a, yeah, quite a transition. And, yeah, I can see the change in my kids and it's yeah. absolutely fantastic. So you're seeing the positive transition because having changed jobs, you've got more time to devote to these important uh, affirmations that you can do for your boys. Exactly. And spiritually, you know, attending church more frequently and having fellowship and, yeah, those sorts of things. I also I also wanted just to say how important um, the arts are as well. Because, as you mentioned, sometimes as we don't we don't have the words to express ourselves. So, yeah, I actually trained as an art therapist as well. So, um, in in practicing um, painting and drawing and those sort of arts, we can express ourselves, and we don't necessarily have to have the words. Yet, we can still get it out. That's great thoughts. Uh, your response, Warwick Marsh. Again, uh, Sean, uh, yeah, appreciate you again sharing your story with us and the listeners across Australia. Um, just curious, Sean, what were you, were you what were you working as before? <laughs> A teacher. <laughs> and 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 you were working long hours, correct? Oh yeah. Well, you're teaching. You never you never stop working, do you? You're always planning and preparing and thinking ahead of you know, time to come. And I was at more than one school, which made it really difficult. So, And what are you doing now? I'm actually driving a truck at the moment. <laughs> and I'm I'm listening to Vision Radio a lot. <laughs> I'm, yeah, spending a lot of time with God. And um, sort of, I've taken 12 months leave without pay. So I'm just re-evaluating and seeing where God wants me to go. Well, God bless you. That's great. And... Uh, Look, I, I think men have got to think about their occupations and and it's a noble job teaching, um, as it is a noble job being a pastor of a church, but both jobs require an enormous amount of uh, emotional energy and uh, my wife um, was a teacher and so I know that preparation, many people just don't understand the enormous amount of preparation that teachers have got to do. So, you know, truck driving... Um, you might work 10 hours a day, but um, you, you switch off the truck and you're home. <laughs> Is that right? Exactly, yep. 
and, and uh, yeah, go yeah. on, sorry. Oh, no, like you say, you switch off the truck, I don't have to think about anything else, and I can concentrate on the family, you know, and it's so important, um, like you said, Warwick, you know, those words that you, you speak to those kids and those affirmations, so, so important to build them up, yeah. Look, I've seen the power of um, dads in action. You've you've experienced it in your own family. I, I've got a little story, Neil. Um, I do these uh, dads for kids fun camps each year. We take dads away and the kids away just to have fun together and hang out, play games, and um, you know, a bit of organised chaos, really. But it's huge fun, you know, campfires and burning marshmallows and falling over and getting hurt and all those things that go with a camp, you know. Yep. But the bottom line is I see the children change over the 24-hour period that those children are with their dads. Um, it's profound. Um, you know, I can see the children, they come to the camp with their dads, they're a bit scattered, they're a little bit sort of insecure, they're a little bit sort of, you know, all over the place. But after 24 hours with, with their fathers and hanging out with other kids with their fathers in that context, I can just see this enormous change where the children just settle down they they're secure in who they are they they just they're just they're beaming they're glowing uh, and i think that's what's happened to your children is that right um sean yeah and you know the you know our culture tells us that boys are less emotional than you know our female counterparts where it's actually the opposite you know boys are more emotional but they're just taught to suppress it mm. um so you know raising boys that can deal with their emotions you know is you know, it's something that we really need to focus on. It's a very interesting thing you've just said, by the way, uh, Sean, and I believe it, but just curious, why have you said it? Well, because, yeah, when I was doing my art therapy course in my master's, that was part of, you know, what I, what I in my thesis, I was looking at manhood and what it means to be a man and, you know, and a lot of the research and stuff that I was looking at spoke about, you know, how... Yeah, the males and especially younger infants, yeah, they're much more emotional and responsive than the female, you know, emotionally responsive, I mean, yeah. than the female counterpart. It's interesting you should say that because um, the, the the research, obviously, as you're alluding to it as well, would bear you out. Um, and I've heard a number of, um, you know, practitioners um, talk about it and... Um, for instance, Alan Meyer, Dr. Alan Meyer, that runs the uh, Valiant Man program, um, he he says that actually men more feel feel more deeply for women than women do for men, which is com completely counterintuitive as to you know looking at the culture and looking what men will tell you. Um, but I can prove that from the suicide rate because it's four to one, and generally speaking, in the Western world, the suicide rate is um, way over. And I've got a, lot, a lot of it's got to do with breakups. And so men actually, you're right, um, Sean, at times the words don't get out, um, but quite desperation overrules us. But there is actually this wellspring of emotion and love and all these other emotions. And, of course, we as men have to learn how to guide those emotions and direct those emotions and provide life to our family by giving vent to those emotions in a proper way, not in a wrong way. I mean, anger is justified, but to go around smashing smashing uh, holes in, in doors and that sort of stuff, that's just stupid. But to actually, you know, to use that those emotions to affirm our children, as you've just said, uh, Sean, and to uh, honour our children 
it's very powerful, isn't it, Sean? Exactly. God bless you both. I really hope this, um, yeah, your conversation with um, myself and Neil today actually, yeah, is an outpouring because, yeah, we do need change in our society. Sean, thank you so much for thank participating you. in 2020 today. Our talkback line open on one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. We'll take more calls after Vision National News, uh, but only about forty seconds away from the news. Very, very quickly from you, Warwick. Uh, Sean mentioned he has more time now that he's driving a truck to take his kids to church. Uh, quick thought on that before the news. Being part of the local church is essential to grow your family and grow your children. It's the greatest mentoring organisation on earth and it doesn't cost you anything to get all that wonderful mentoring for your family and for your children. Warwick, how does your competition work? How does my competition work? Yeah. Well, so this year is obviously Father's Day on the 4th, this coming Sunday. But to celebrate Father's Day, Dads for Kids is giving $1,000 to the first prize winner off a shot on Instagram to take a shot of you and your children. And oftentimes, Mum gets the shot, so perhaps she should get the prize. But this is also all about dads. Dads spending time with their kids, that's the motivation. So Dad gets the prize. Hopefully, you'll share it with Mum. And they um, put put it up on Instagram, uh, and you know they can win $1,000. And all they've got to do is hashtag... Dads for Kids, hashtag Dads for Kids, and it will arrive at the um, the Dads for Kids Instagram um, place, and we will be able to judge it. And of course, it's inspiring and encouraging other dads to do similar things. And of course, it's inspiring the dads that take the photos to spend time with their kids. So last year was really great. We had, I think, 600 individual uh, people with about over a thousand entries. And we're looking for two or three thousand entries this year. Really, we're just trying to get the message out there that spending time with your kids is really, 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 really important. Well, I want to honour you, Warwick Marsh, because uh, dollars there actually as an incentive to to grow the message, to raise the profile of dads. So a thousand dollar prize, which is pretty amazing, uh, an Instagram competition, and the sort of criteria for the photos. It's just you know how do you judge it? I mean, uh, I guess you're not going to judge it on the best looking dad and the best looking children, but uh, no, it's, but it's going to be what on on what they're doing what in the photo. It's not so much. It's capturing a moment, and sometimes moments are very hard to define, and you know it when you, do, when you, when you actually see the shot. So it's primarily, the shot is, the picture is, is everything, and it's, as you just very wisely pointed out, Neil, it's not about a good-looking dad or a good-looking child. It's about the interaction between a dad that loves his, ch- his, his, his uh, children and uh, wants to spend time with his kids. And that, that interaction, and it might be a fun shot, it might be a serious shot, it might be a baby shot, it might be a grown-up shot. Uh, if you go on Instagram, Dads for Kids Instagram, you'll see the shots that were winners last year. It'll give you a good idea. Um, we're also looking at the, the story and the caption. So you know, it's not just the photo, it's the, it's the caption and it's the story. And there was a, a tremendous story last year. They didn't win, but I, I felt that they, perhaps they should have. And it was a story of a dad that basically only had 12 months to live, and he really wanted to put his time in with his children. And and so he uh, his children took him on the tour to see um, uh, the band, one of the one of his favourite bands, uh, go around Australia. And you know, it was just a very touching story. And it was in some ways this this amazing story of love, commitment, both from a father to his children and a father. 
to to the planet and to loving people and caring for people and of course the children to the dad so yeah it's about stories it is about love and it's about capturing that moment with your child and you can win a thousand dollars just google dads for kids and you can find it uh, instagram competition and it closes on the 30th of september so it's father's day for all, all the month of september neil Fabulous stuff. We're taking calls on one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. Let's hear from Tom in Logan in Queensland. Hello, Tom. Welcome along. Tom, are you with us? Tom, we might have lost you. You might need to call us back on one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. Joanna is also from Logan in Queensland. Hello, Joanna. Yes, I'm here. <laughs> Joanna, what are your thoughts? Um. I believe that a father is very, very important um, because... Oh. Yep. Turn your radio down in the background if that's a distraction to you. So. Yes, because I didn't have an influence of my father, because he was a hard taskmaster, it took me a long time to find my heavenly father. And so in, in that turn, I was married and so didn't have a perspective of my Heavenly Father. So my children didn't have a perspective of their Heavenly Father. And it puts a real big um, gap there um, because they don't get the nurture and they don't get the love and they don't get the affirmations because he had enough trouble just living himself, my husband and my father. So... It, it kind of went down a generation to even to our grandchildren. So now our grandchildren are suffering as well with this um, father image because it took my son a long time to even relate to being a father, let alone act like one. Well, so, amazing thoughts in there, Joanna. Let's get a response from Warwick Marsh. Well, Joanna, again, congratulations and thank you for your candid sharing your honesty and you know obviously there's a fair bit of pain in this story is that right Joanna? Yes I had to give a lot of pain to God and I found my father in a, one of those places where you have prayer and he was exactly my father I don't know how God planned it I guess he, he realized I needed to see my father in person mm. and I had to forgive him and I, and I confronted him and I said, why couldn't you just love me? Why couldn't you just be a father? Why did you have to always push me away? And and that's what resolved it for me. But that took a long time. How many years did it take? Uh, oh, far out. I reckon it would have taken, because I didn't come to God till I was 55 when my mother died, because she took the place of my father. Yeah. So it was, it was um, my mum died 20 years ago, so it's taken pretty well much about 15 of those years for me to come to God. Now, I'm trying to show my children that a father is very important, but you see, they don't get it because they don't have the father's love to even understand what love really is. Mm. And they can't express themselves. They're doing what my father, what their father did. Mm. And so they're reaping all the things back through the generations, and the only way I cope is to just continually pray that God will show them the Father's heart, that he will mend the broken hearts of my boys, that they can be better fathers. They're good at looking after and they go to work and all that. But when I go and see my other son, there's no hugging, there's no affirmations, there's no love or atmosphere in the, in the whole home. And now I don't go because we- I can't see it. 
Yeah, look, we're going to pray before we 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 um, we finish this phone call, Joanna, because I believe in the power of prayer. You do too. Yes, I do. Because it's going to take a miracle. It's going to take a miracle. But you know, the scripture is uh, talks about this, and you, you know, you probably know the scripture I'm going to refer to. It says the sins of the fathers yes. are visited to the third and the fourth generation. Yes. And I used to read that scripture as a young boy of seven, eight, nine years of age, yes. and it struck me that God was very unfair to load up the sins on the children of the fathers. But when you get older, as you and I are now yeah, older, we, we realize it's not so much that God loads the sins up. It's just no. the reality of the human condition and the reality of, of what happens uh, between families and family traits. And they just, they're passed on. You can't do anything, almost can't do anything about it. And that's why you need a miracle. And of course, that's why Jesus died. Um, you know, you probably know some of the statistics of children from fatherless homes and thank god you know statistics aren't always true and and that's of course why we have the scriptures too because it breaks the power of the curse there is a curse that comes from fatherlessness because 90 percent of all runaways and homeless children are from fatherless homes 85 percent of children with behavioral problems are from fatherless homes 75 percent of all adolescent patients in chemical abuse centers are from fatherless homes 85 percent of all youths in prison Young men in prison come from fatherless homes. 80% of rapists with anger problems. So we know that there is major problems when father's not there, and and if, whether whether that means the father is actually um, you know physically not there and 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 run off or something's happened, um, some some tragedy, or father might be there, which I think what you're referring to, Joanna, but not engaged, not caring, not affirming, not loving, not been there for his children as a father should and of course the other reality is maybe he went through that himself but there is a hope and that hope is found in jesus christ and jesus cried out on the cross it is finished and he broke the power of a curse and he broke the power of sin and he broke the transference of sin to the third and the fourth generation so you know joanna can we just pray with you yes please because it's a big mess you know, yeah. God's... For God's, the moment, God's, it's a big mess. It yeah, will not God's, always be, because I do believe in prayer. Yeah, look, I can sense that. You're a woman of faith. Yeah. And the other thing I wanted to say, to say to you, Joanne, it comes to me, I believe, by the Holy Spirit. There's a, there's a scripture that talks about mothers in Israel. And yes. you see, just as a father has power before God, yes. mothers do. You know the story of, um, of, of Samuel's mother? Yes. Who, who yes. cried out to God... And God heard her. And yes, he, he did. He did. And, you know, there's many stories. Look at the story he heard of Haggai. Mary. He heard Haggai. He heard Haggai. He heard, he heard um, Haggai. I think you're referring to Haggai. Haggai he heard yep. uh, Mary. Yeah. Um, he heard the cries of these wonderful women who, as mothers, prophetically spoke life into their children and, yep. and spoke, you know, Samuel's mother made a way for Samuel. But not only, you think about it, he... She, generational. Her, her prayers changed history because yep. David was then anointed as a king of Israel. Yep. And, and I don't believe we could have had King David without a mother's prayers. Does it no, make sense to you? because I pray, I pray for them all the time and mm. I, I show them my love and they always have my love. Yeah. So listen, I'm going to pray a prayer with you and we'll just join hands 
Uh, even so, you're a long way away. You're in Queensland. I'm here in Wollongong. If I can just, if I can just uh, yeah. chime in here, yeah, we're fine, going to for pray sure. for Joanna, but yeah. I know that there'll be others listening, yeah, and this is their others. story as well. So, yes. so what if we include yes, uh, Warwick, please. those mothers who are in desperation for their own families because yes. of father issues? Uh, yes, let's include Lord. those, but but uh, certainly our prayers for Joanna and uh, Warwick. Would you lead us? Yeah, look, Joanna, just making sure that's okay. You're happy yeah, for us to include fine. the other mothers really, out there listening? I really do that anyway. So. Yeah, yeah, okay. Here we go. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you for a miracle today. Yes, I ask you for a miracle for Joanna. She is a mother in Israel. She's a noble woman. She's a daughter of the Most High. She's a princess of the Most High, and she's crying out for a family, and she cannot do anything. But you can do everything, Father. Yes, Father. You're a God of miracles. You're a God of signs and wonders. Yes, you opened Father. the Red Sea. You made a way where there was no way through the Red Sea. And we're asking today, specifically for Joanna's family, to yes. turn the tide of fatherlessness. Yes. And Lord, you are the Father of lights. You are the perfect Father in whom there is no shadow of turning. Yes, and we cry out for miracles, signs and wonders. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, for join us, family. And Lord, as I pray for those that might be listening today, I ask you for a miracle for this yes, Father's Lord. Day. In Jesus' name, oh, we ask you that you too will be a father to the fatherless yes, Lord. And, a, and, a, and a defender of widows in yes. your holy habitation. That is, single mothers. You make a stand yes. for the fatherless. And you make a stand for those mums that are struggling on their own and are struggling in any shape, way, shape, or form. And we thank you, Father God, for your protection, your deliverance, and your help in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Lord. Joanna, thank you so much for calling in and for sharing your story with us today here on 2020 and uh, just wonderful to be able to join in prayer there and for those other mothers who recognize that Joanna you're just one just like them and and uh, recognizing that there is a miracle required to break through and it could be this Father's Day uh, the opportunity for that miracle to happen in the lives of families uh, with fathers and their children and the way that families interact and experience life together. Thank you so much, Joanna. This is 2020 with Neil Johnson, helping you make sense of life, culture, and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Well, if I was taking the pulse of how families might be faring in Australia uh, based on some calls that we've taken this hour, there's a real challenge when it comes to fatherhood in Australia. You may agree, you may disagree, but certainly this Father's Day, an opportunity for a miracle to happen in your family. As as a father, you reconnect with your children. As the children, uh, and you have this opportunity on Father's Day to reconnect with your dad in a special way, and perhaps some of the things you've picked up in our conversations this hour will help you to break the ice and make some areas of restoration for your uh, fathers this coming Father's Day. Uh, Warwick Marsh is with us from Dads for Kids, the Fatherhood Foundation. We are taking some calls. A time for a, a couple of quick calls. Let's hear from Sue in Esperance in WA. Hello, Sue. Welcome along. Good morning. Um, um, thank you very much for taking my call. Um, I just want to say that fathers are so important in in everyone's life. 
And um, I, I hear the heart of that dear woman just just previously on. Um, we uh, we've both my myself and my husband came from dysfunctional families where father wasn't elevated um, and and didn't actually step up to the plate. And we are both Christians and. Because of the Father's love, because of our Heavenly Father's love, we know how important that the Father's love is for their children. And so um, my daughter, I have two daughters. One is married to a most beautiful Christian man who is the epitome of a perfect dad. He's just amazing. And the other daughter is married to uh, a FIFO worker who walked out of the marriage and left her with two little kids. And um, we live in the country and she lives in the city in Perth. And we try to make our journey to Perth, or we make about eight journeys to Perth every year on average. And the reason is that we are motivated by the fact that Warren, my husband, can be the father when he's there to those kids and they love him come. He does tell stories to the kids. He has, since they were little, he has just um, imparted um, the love of God, what have you, with them. And and although they have every right to be angry and, and upset and behaviour uh, is at times a miss, um, they... Sue, I'll have to cut in, but wonderful hearing your story. A quick response from Warwick, because uh, there's many a man can be a dad to kids who don't have fathers. Uh, Warwick, Warwick, your thoughts on what Sue's sharing? Well, Sue, uh, I can hear the passion in your voice, uh, uh, you know, and your love for Joanna, who shared her heart so beautifully and wonderfully. And obviously you've been through your own pain too, is that right? Well, an actual fact, I had a child when I, this is my second marriage, I had a child and and I believe that every child deserves a mum and a dad and my sister adopted my my baby and and had a beautiful dad and a beautiful mum. So that was a heartbreak for me. It was a heartbreak for you. But, you know, I can tell that you really understand uh, that fathers are very, very important and that, you know, your husband is playing a very, very important role as a grandfather. And if I can, um, Sue and Neil, I'd like to... I've talked about some of the ne- negative aspects about fatherlessness, but can I just read a couple of the, the, what the social science says, Sue, about, about, about the importance of dads and how when, when, when fathers or grandfathers even or, or father figures get involved with children to encourage them, uh, children do better. Is that okay, Neil? Yes. Well, you know, children with involved fathers are more confident. This is all social science research. Better able to deal with frustration. They're better able to gain independence and their own identity. More likely to mature into compassionate adults. More likely to have high self-esteem. More sociable, more secure as infants less likely to show signs of depression, less likely to commit suicide, more empathetic. Boys have been shown to be less aggressive. Adolescent girls are less likely to engage in sex. Uh, Children with involved fathers, 40% less likely to repeat a grade in school, 70% less likely to drop out of school, more likely to get A grades. And this list goes on, Neil and Sue. You know, when fathers get involved, 
uh, and really go to their way to be involved with their kids and, and support mum and uh, are there for their children and say those words, I'm proud of you to their sons and, and say those words, you're beautiful to their daughters. Those daughters and those sons prosper like nothing else and it's been shown too. Another fact, Neil, is that um, you know a father's involvement can actually... Uh, raise a child's IQ. It uh, might only be a couple of percentage points, but of course that can be the difference between a university degree and not a university degree. So it's very powerful. And again, thank you for your call, Sue. Thank you to Sue and thank you to everyone else who's been calling and those who were trying to get through through the hour because uh, there's been an awful lot of calls this hour and uh, we won't be able to take any more today. But thank you to those who participated in our conversation. Uh, Warwick, we are just drawing things to a close. I don't want to miss the opportunity to say to people there is a newsletter uh, that you send out to people who uh, ask you for one through uh, Dads for Kids, the Fatherhood Foundation. Just quickly ex- explain how people can actually get onto that uh, that mailing for that uh, newsletter that you do. Well, Dads for Kids sends out a newsletter each week. You can sign on to that newsletter. Just Google Dads for Kids. Go to a website and you'll see the sign-up uh, little box for the newsletter. And we will uh, encourage you each week, inspire you each week, uh, to to be a great dad, to be a great husband, to go for gold for your children, and uh, it's quite easy. So just Google Dads for Kids. It's been a great joy to talk to you, and a, a, you know, best wishes and God's blessing to all listeners. It's great joy to be with you. And a happy Father's Day to you for Sunday, Warwick. Great getting your insights, great hearing your wisdom, hearing your heartbeat for dads. And uh, I know that listeners who've been tuned in through this past hour will have caught uh, something of that fatherhood spirit that uh, comes through so powerfully when we talk about fatherhood. Uh, Great having you on 2020. We'll do it again sometime soon, but thanks so much for being with us today. God's blessings to you, Neil. All the best. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.